0: You're listening to the teaching ministry of Discovery Church in Bristol, Tennessee. For more information about Discovery, or for more free audio content, please visit discoverybristol.com. So I don't know if you noticed, this last uh, Tuesday was our darkest night, or longest night of the year. This last Tuesday in Bristol, that was the winter solstice, and we had 14 hours, 26 minutes, 29 seconds between sunset and sunrise, which meant... We had nine hours, 33 minutes, and 31 seconds of daylight. Almost 14 and a half hours of darkness, nine-ish hours of daylight. That was the longest night of the year. And if you think that's bad, you could go up north a good ways to Inuvik, Canada, where in Inuvik, Canada, which rests about 120 miles north of the Arctic Circle, their sunset, not this Tuesday, but on December 5th, the sun set for them and it went down and it will not come up again until January 6th. And we've got a video, I think, of that sunset. It took 45 minutes for the sun to just sort of, it rises and then all sets in a matter of 45 minutes. It's of course sped up on this video to be one minute. And so they watched for 45 minutes the last time that they would see the sun for 31 days. And then it set again. And there'll be 31 days in darkness. That's what it's like right now in Inuvik, Canada. And tonight, that's where our story begins as well in darkness. Christmas begins in darkness. Here's the thing I've learned about darkness a little principle I'll share with you about darkness. The problem with darkness is you can't see. That's the problem with darkness. I've learned this on two pivotal occasions in my time as a youth pastor. A couple stories I'll share with you just briefly. Uh, Early, early on when I had started out in youth ministry, I did um, what was known as a lock-in. And I did not know at that point in youth ministry that you could be a youth pastor and have a youth group without having lock-ins. I now know that, and so I no longer have lock-ins. Sorry to interview our youth that are here. Uh, and you might understand a little bit why when you hear some of this story. But we played a lock-in game, as you do during the lock-in. Because if you don't know what a lock-in is, like you get a bunch of teenagers in the church... You sugar them all up, you deprive them of sleep, and you lock them in your church for the whole night. And then we play silly games in the middle of that. So we have one game we like to play. We still play it here. It's called murder, and we won't get into the details. But you turn out the lights, and you're playing tag basically in the dark. But remember, in the darkness, you can't see We learned this with one kid in particular. It was his first time at our youth group, never saw him again after this one incident. Came as a friend, didn't know his name, didn't know his parents. He was up in the sanctuary of this church. This was a sanctuary with old school pews, like the good hard oak wood pews. All of the lights are turned out. And this kid was crawling in the sanctuary. And he must have been crawling fast because, remember in the darkness you can't see, he crawled face first into a pew, broke his nose. Never saw him again. I had to call the parents. That was the last time with our youth group. That was one time I learned, in the darkness, you can't see. Another time here at this very church, out on the property, out on the field, out there, we were playing capture the flag. Now it's hard to tell from up here, like there is actually a creek that runs through the field and it zigzags through. It's hard to tell up here, and it's also hard to tell in the dark when there's a creek. And this creek has like a riverbank that's like five or six feet tall, just a mud bank, and then a gross, I don't know if you've seen the creek that runs through. It is green, it's nasty all year long, and kids are playing tag, capture the flag in the dark. And one kid is just running for his life, about to be tagged, remember it's dark, so he can't see, and he runs off the edge of the creek. And I mean, he must have been like Wily e. Coyote, because he did not know it was there. Like, I think he took three steps in the air before he landed with a splash, lost his glasses. We all laughed hysterically. He had to change clothes. But we learned the problem with darkness is that in the darkness, you can't see. And yet, that's where Christmas starts out, is in the darkness. If you look at the Christmas story, it begins In darkness, we have Mary, a virgin betrothed to Joseph, on her way to be registered by an oppressive government. This government has ordered a census. Everyone must travel and register in their hometown. Darkness. We've got shepherds out in a field at night in the darkness. We've got somewhere off in the east, these wise men that are watching the sky for signs in darkness. It's where our story begins at Christmas, but it's also where history begins in darkness. If we look at Genesis chapter one, verse one, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And then God brings light into that darkness. He creates the, the sun, the moon, the stars, then he creates humanity. And we read the story of Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve, for a while, they live with God in the Garden of Eden. But God has one rule for them, one rule that they cannot break, that they, they, not to eat of this tree. And of course, Adam and Eve disobey God. They eat of that tree. And we have come to call this the fall, right? Just like a domino falls. And I was kind of hoping that would stand up longer. We're going to find out what happens. Somebody might, I just brought toys. These are my Christmas toys I've already bring. We have Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve fall. They disobey God, and there's more darkness in their lives than in our world. Later on, their first sons, the first generation, Cain and Abel. Cain kills Abel. Then we get further down the line and we see that the whole world has gotten so in darkness that, that in the days of Noah, God had to hit the reset button, flood the whole earth, kill almost all the population except for Noah and his family because our world was filled with darkness, humans falling one after another like dominoes. And in the book of Matthew, in our Christmas story, the genealogy that the writer presents for the birth of Jesus expresses this so well. In Matthew chapter one, we usually skip over this, right? Because it's weird names, we don't know it, but there's a lot of story in here. It says in Matthew chapter one, verse two, Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Minadab, and Minadab father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz and Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed and Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David, King David, and all of us, Solomon the wife of Uriah, all that stuff, right? We usually just breeze through it just like that. But in the middle of this, we hear these stories. We hear about Abraham the father of Isaac who had two sons, Jacob and Esau. And Jacob, when his brother Esau comes in one time, famished from hunting on the point of death, instead of just giving him a bowl of soup, he bargains with him and says, hey, give me your birthright. And of course, that's not just enough. Like he's also got to trick his father Isaac out of that birthright. And so he scams his own father, pretends to be the oldest son, even though he's not, to get the birthright from his brother. That's the story we hear about in Jacob and Esau. Then we hear about this guy named Judah, who has two twins by Tamar. Here's the thing about Tamar. Tamar was not Judah's wife. Tamar was Judah's daughter-in-law. And so we hear about the darkness in the story of history right there. Later, we get to the story of Ruth, which there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of light in the book of Ruth, but it starts out in a famine. There's a famine across the land, and Ruth loses her husband. It starts in darkness. We get further and further down till we get to the story of David. And we hear about David was the father of Solomon, the son or father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, also known as Bathsheba. And so we have person after person all throughout the history of the Bible that is falling. The story of Christmas starts in darkness. And we see this not just in the Bible. We see this in our own world, don't we? We've seen all throughout history wars, We've seen Holocaust. We've seen genocide. We've seen violence. We've seen famine. We've seen natural disasters. We have seen darkness all throughout history. It doesn't end in the story of the Bible. It continues to modern day today. We're two years deep in a pandemic, right? Some people can't be with us tonight because they're still fighting the virus that is going around, and it's a dark time. When you walked in tonight, I don't know if it was joyful in your house or if you're struggling with things of man, there's still this problem in my job. There's still uncertainty there. There's still this diagnosis that we have there. There's still this feeling of darkness in my world. People have financial troubles. People have, at rates we've never seen before, struggles with things like anxiety and depression. We've seen things like suicide going off the charts. Darkness all over history, all throughout our lives, all throughout the Bible. That's where the story—I'm really terrified one of these is going to tip them all over. I want them to stay up for just a minute longer. That's where our story at Christmas begins. It begins in darkness. After we have seen domino after domino fall, we've seen darkness all throughout history. And then we get to this right here. Matthew 1.15, it says in Elihud, the father of Eleazar, Eleazar the father of Mathan, Mathan the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called the Christ. In the middle of this dark night, in the middle of our dark history, in the middle of our personal darkness, we hear about the one that was called the Christ, he was foretold way back in the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament, in Isaiah 9:2, it says this, the people who walked in darkness. That's not just the people of Israel back in history. That is us. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. That light is the light of Jesus, God coming into our world. Jesus stepping into our darkness. But we have to understand that that's where Christmas begins, is in darkness. I don't know if any of you this year have watched uh, the movie, or one of the many movies, A Christmas Carol. Anybody? A Christmas Carol? In my house, our favorite version is the Muppet version. And in The Christmas Carol, I, I like the Muppet version because you have Gonzo as like the narrator, right? He is Charles Dickens. And he starts it out saying, Jacob Marley was dead. And then in the book, you know, Dickens goes to great lengths to express how dead Jacob Marley was. He's dead as a doornail. He, can, like, he thinks about calling it a coffin nail. He says Scrooge knew that he was dead. The undertaker signed it. Scrooge signed the death certificate. Jacob Marley was dead. And he goes to those great lengths to talk about his death. And he says, because if you don't understand this, then nothing else spectacular can happen from this story. You've got to understand that Jacob Marley was dead for something spectacular to happen. The same is true for us. We have to understand at Christmas that we are in darkness, that Christmas, that history, that our lives are filled with darkness, sometimes because of foolish things we have done, sometimes because of things that others have done to us. Our lives are filled with darkness. And if we don't understand that darkness, then nothing spectacular can come from us out of the story of Christmas. But we have this promise with the entrance of this baby, the Christ, the one who came to be a light in our darkness. Here's how John talks about it in his gospel. He says, "In the beginning was the Word." Does that remind you back of those verses we read earlier, where all of history began? John talks about it right here? He says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God." He's talking about Jesus. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. All throughout history, we have seen this pattern of darkness. All throughout history, we have watched human after human fall until Jesus Christ comes And as humanity fell and darkness overcame, it couldn't... Oh, no. It was so good for two seconds, wasn't it? Those two seconds were magical. Okay, so the idea is that these are supposed to stay up because, yeah, that one's just... That guy's gone. He fell to the darkness. He's a non-believer. You get the idea. Here. Because because Jesus withstood, because Jesus' light came, because he stood up against the darkness... Everyone that came after Jesus has the ability to stand, some better than others. We're not going to talk about him anymore. Our story begins in darkness, but then God stepped into our darkness, and he stood up to darkness. Where everyone else in the Bible had failed, Jesus stood up. So as that baby in a manger grew into be a man, he never sinned. He never fell to the violence, the murder. He never fell to the the stealing, the crime. He never fell to the temptations that he experienced and we experienced. He stood up to the darkness. And not only that, but then he willingly laid down his life to fight that darkness. He willingly succumbed to the darkness of the grave so that we could continue to stand. So we tonight have to recognize that we begin in darkness, but because of the gift God has given us at Christmas, we have an option to stand up in the darkness. We have the option to stand in light and stand in life. So this last Tuesday, we had our solstice, right? Longest night of the year. But the next day, on Wednesday, I don't know if you noticed it, on Wednesday, we got an extra second, one full extra second of sunlight. On Thursday, the day after that, we got five seconds more. Today, we had eight full seconds more of sunlight than we had on Tuesday. Bit by bit, light is entering back into our world. And my prayer for us this Christmas, for you, no matter what darkness you may be in, is that bit by bit, light can continue to come into your world through the person of Jesus. In Inuvik, Canada, they're still in darkness. And I've got another video to show you. They've still got almost a month left of darkness, but in the midst of their darkness in Inuvik, Canada, they have the Northern lights. So it's dark, and maybe we can show it on the video back here. It's dark in Inuvik, Canada, but they have the reminder of light. They have a beauty that they get to see and experience that they wouldn't be able to see in the sunlight. My prayer is that we can experience that as well, because I know that just because Jesus came, just because you may have given your life and your sins over to him, just because you have the promise of eternal life, it can still feel like a long, dark night right now. But we know that Jesus is with us. And so I pray that this Christmas, we can be reminded in the midst of darkness of his beauty, in the midst of darkness of his light, and his ultimate promise to us, which says this, In Revelation 21, 23, we are told that this man, Jesus, the baby that was born at Christmas in a manger, who lived and died and rose again, and then ascended to heaven, we're told that he will return. And we're told that God will then make his home on earth with us. And it says this, in that city, the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of the Lord gives light, and its lamp is the lamb. The one who is the light, is Jesus. And so all winter long, we have been lighting lanterns for Advent to remind us that even when it is dark, we have hope. Even when it is dark, we have peace. Even when it is dark, we have joy. And tonight, and love, love was last Sunday, and tonight reminded that even in the dark, we have Jesus. And so just as we saw a pattern of dominoes fall, here is what I want to see tonight. I wanna see a pattern of candles being lit, of people recognizing that even in our darkness, we have a promise of Jesus. We have a promise of eternal life that it may get dark now, but because Jesus stood against death, we can stand too. So I'm gonna need some helpers real quick. I'm gonna need some front row. Here's my daughters, Core, come on up. Some other front row people, come on. And yeah, little people, parents, if you trust your kids with a candle, I'm gonna invite you guys to start lighting candles for other people so that we can see our dark world. Make sure it doesn't go out. Well, you can light right off the Christ candle there. So that we can watch this dark auditorium. We can watch our dark world begin to light up with light. So I'm gonna pray for us. You don't have to, here, I got more candles Yeah, You don't have to close your eyes for this prayer because you uh, may be needing to watch candles, but I'm gonna pray for us and we're gonna pass the light around the room and begin to sing. Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you that we have the promise of your light. God, I pray for anybody right now that's watching at home or that is here in person that is experiencing that long, dark night. And God, I just ask that you would light up their life. God, let us know that we don't have to fall to the darkness, that we don't have to run around in the dark, that we don't have to live our lives not being able to see. But instead, because of your son, your gift at Christmas, we have your light that can fill up our world. And so tonight, as we fill up this auditorium in light, let us reflect on that promise we have of you. Not of just hope right now, but hope of a future and eternity with you because of your gift at Christmas. It's in Jesus' name I pray.